Hi there. I'm Mark Swallow, and I'm glad you are joining me for today's God Is podcast. Let's get started learning who God is. Thank you for joining me today from wherever you are and by however you listen as we meet together coast to coast here in the United States and all the way around the world. Let's finish our series, God Reveals Himself, on this Monday. And then tomorrow, Tuesday, I want to speak to you again about my recent invitation for you to write to me. I will re-air a broadcast and a podcast from earlier this year in which I shared a verse of Scripture that I found helpful in explaining the importance of hearing from you. On Friday, I read part of the wonderful letter I received from a woman who listens— I changed her name to Tina to protect her identity. And one of the things she said to me really struck me. Quote, Thank you for being here for me when you do not even know me. Your ministry reaches me and touches me. What I said to Tina when I sent her a letter in return was that I can say the same to her. Thank you, Tina, and all my dear listeners for being there for me when I do not even know you. We do not know one another, and yet we do know one another when we are bound up together in Christ. Friends, we always have one another. I fully recognize it is an honor for me that you take time out of the busyness of your day or night to listen to God is. You extend me a grace by listening to what I have to say. So I truly thank you for doing so. As I often tell pastors who come to me with some kind of complaint about the people in their church, I say, remember that pastoring is an honor and a privilege, not a right. If you were to leave that church tomorrow, they would still meet without you next week and the week after that and for years upon years to come. We tend to think we're someone special and the church won't make it without us, but it will. Actually, in some cases, the church thrives when the pastor leaves. Well, the same holds true in a radio and podcast ministry. If I went off the air and left the podcast world tomorrow, you would move on just fine without me. God, by His Spirit, would see to it that you received sound doctrine from someone else. I know this, and this is why I do not take you, the God is family, for granted. So to each of you, I borrow this great insight from Tina. Thank you for being here for me when you do not even know me. Your ministry reaches me and touches me. Just let me know you're out there. That is all I am asking. Anyway, more on this tomorrow. Please tune in. And then on this Wednesday, we begin a brand new series. It's exciting. I can't wait to get started. And so please be with us on Wednesday. As for the remainder of our time now, I want to end our series, God Reveals Himself, with a bit of a review. I do not know about you, but I am a big fan of closure. I like closure. I need closure. This is always true of me. I get unsettled with a lack of conclusion at, say, the end of a meeting or in a phone call or when there is a lingering problem to be solved or a conflict to be mended. 
an agreement to come to or a relationship to be put back together again, but it is not. There's no closure. And this I find troubling. Well, there is an insight into me the psychologists among you could have some fun with. So let's get some closure here. At the beginning, we asked, can God be known? And if he can be known, then how can God be known? And using verses like John 17, verse 3, Jesus' words, and 1 John 5, verse 20, we agreed that indeed God can be known, and we said that God can be known, but we cannot know perfectly everything about God. We may apprehend God, but we cannot comprehend God. God is incomprehensible. To the question, how can we know God? We said that in order for us to know him, God has to reveal himself to us. God must disclose himself to us. We had two definitions of revelation that helped us. Revelation is that act of God whereby he discloses himself or communicates truth to the mind, whereby he makes manifest to his creatures that which could not be known any other way. The revelation may occur in a single instantaneous act, or it may extend over a long period of time, and this communication of himself and his truth may be perceived by the human mind in varying degrees of fullness. And revelation is God's disclosure of himself through creation, history, the conscience of man, and scripture. It is given in both event and word. Unquote. And we talked about God's general revelation through nature or creation, through his providence, and through our conscience. We had examples of each one in the Bible. And then we talked about God's special revelation through his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and through the Scripture. And again, examples of each. Jesus is the Word, and Scripture is the Word. God reveals himself through his Word. Bringing all that has been said to conclusion, I want to remind you of a passage of Scripture that demonstrates both the general and special revelation of God. I hope you take this with you as we leave this doctrine or teaching. To see this, I will now read Psalm chapter 19, verses 1 through 7, and then comment. The heavens are telling of the glory of God, and their expanse is declaring the work of His hands. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their utterances to the end of the world. In them he has placed a tent for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. It rejoices as a strong man to run his course. Its rising is from one end of the heavens and its circuit to the other end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. In verses 1 through 6, King David writes about God's revelation of himself through nature or through the creation. That's general revelation. 
And then in verse 7, David transitions the reader of the psalm from the world God has created to the word God has written. Verses 1 through 6 talk about God's creation. And then verse 7 begins the law of the Lord. And in this same seventh verse, the testimony of the Lord. This is our Bible. This is Scripture. In this psalm, King David goes from writing of God's general revelation through nature to writing about God's special revelation through Scripture. From God's world to God's word, as another Bible commentator put it. So Psalm 19 is a great chapter to have highlighted in your Bible. One other comment. The more observant amongst us will find that I did not spend as much time on God's special revelation through the written word, through the Bible, as I did with God's revelation through Jesus Christ. And that's true. I did not. There are a couple of reasons for this. First, I wanted to bring to the forefront of your mind and your heart the Lord Jesus Christ. I wanted us to see him to hear from him, and to be challenged to deepen our obedience to him and love for him. Second, when we talk about Scripture, there is much we need to say. We are required to say. And I want to break all of that down into several shorter series so that our very limited attention spans do not wane as we do that. For example, when meditating on the doctrine of the Scripture, we should discuss in meaningful ways the divine origin of the Bible, the inspiration of the Bible, the inerrancy of the Bible, the canonicity of the Bible, the composition and the illumination of the Bible, and the interpretation of the Bible. Or, as one of my favorite theologians, Francis Turretin, puts it, the necessity of Scripture the authority of the Holy Scriptures, the canon, a discussion on the apocryphal books, the purity of sources, the authentic versions of the Bible, versions including the Septuagint and the Vulgate, the perfection of the Scriptures, the perspicuity of the Scriptures, the reading of the Scriptures, the sense of the Scriptures, the supreme judge of controversies and interpreter of the scriptures, and a discussion on how much, if any, authority the early fathers have in the interpretation of the scriptures. So, as you can see, there's a lot to learn and to discuss, and we will do this at other times. Well, let it be clear, and this should be clear if you listen regularly, I believe wholeheartedly in God's holy, inspired, inerrant, and infallible word. This is what the Bible is to me. So, the scripture will be an everyday, prevalent, ongoing subject for us. I hope this provides some closure. And on Wednesday, we will move into another series using the Bible to teach us about the nature and character of the one true and living God. Please plan to be with us. And finally, a reminder, or if you are just joining us, some new information. Every radio broadcast doubles as a free podcast 
from GodIsMinistry.org. If you want to go back and listen to this series again, or hear it for the first time, just visit our website. The address, www.GodIsMinistry.org. You can listen right on the website or download the podcast to go. Do that, and then join us tomorrow, because God is... Thank you for listening to this God Is podcast. Drop me an email and tell me what you think. Mark at GodIsMinistry.org That's Mark at GodIsMinistry.org Please do share this with others, and be sure and join me for the next one.